All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of the Bring the Juice Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Talana. Today, we are in Arizona. I got John Middlecoff on. He is also a podcaster. John, welcome to Bring the Juice for Good. I'm sure you're, it, it's nice to be on the other side of the table. It feels good. It feels <laughs> really good. I, I, I text a mutual buddy of, of ours, and he just simply said, you're a star. So I'm I'm shit. I'm excited to be here. Hey, we're getting after it. A couple couple cores lights on a Tuesday oh, afternoon. Yeah. Can't can't be too mad about it. No, can't. So you know, podcaster, you've been involved in different types of journalism, uh, writing articles, reporting. You're with you know, talking to Colin Coward. You're you, you were a scout at one point for the uh, Eagles. Let's start with just how at what point did you go from I got occupations. I'm going to be a scout. I'm going to do this, that, and the other, and going. I'm all in on podcasting, all in on the radio gig, the whole shit. Yeah, I would say I've had like different points in time in my life where things have changed. You know, I really wanted to work in football. I got to do that with college and in the NFL. And, you know, it comes to a screeching halt when, you know, the head coach gets fired or let go. And then you got to kind of look in the mirror and you go, what do I want to do? And then you get a radio career that kind of gets off and running. And you kind of like in the NFL, you start dealing. We I dealt with the Raiders, and mm-hmm. I was like doing the post game, and it kind of got ugly. They wanted me to be positive. I can be a little negative, <laughs> so uh, you know we, we butted heads. And so I, I've been, you know, I was fired twice by the time I was thirty. Wow. And I would say most people like in my family's this. I, I grew up. My dad was a tomato farmer. In most industries, you get fired. It's like, you're late. You're a bad worker. Right. You know, in sports or even in radio, some of these contract jobs, it's a little different, right? right? And so as I think some people were like, man. And it's, the first time it happened to me in the NFL, like when Chip Kelly came in, it was like, I'm a failure. Right. Second time, I like it was much easier to kind of catapult to where I wanted to go. Now, I didn't necessarily know either time, yeah. but it's the best thing that ever happened to me twice. And, you know, in 16, we started podcasting. Uh, that's early in the podcast game it is but actually you know it felt late at the time yeah now now looking back it's definitely was ahead of the curve totally. but uh yeah, it's just one of those things that i i would have probably held on for radio as long as i could and that's obviously you know dying slowly on the vine so it it, it worked out pretty well do you have any background in that did you go to college for that specifically or no, did you just kind of fall into place yeah it just kind of fell into place i just yeah. I, you're I, good at it that's well i've been i've been told to shut up my whole life from my, my family. <laughs> so it's just, it comes naturally to talk. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those things that you just, sometimes you just end up, some people, I've met people along the way, I'm sure you have too, that are like destined to do something. Right. And you talk to them and they like, I was going to do this when I was five years old. Uh-huh. Right. Like whether it's an athlete, whether it's, when I worked in the NFL, Howie Roseman, he's like, I was going to be a GM at like seven years old. He was telling people that. Love that. And I knew, I worked with people and it was scouts that were like, this is what I wanted to do at a young age, even when I was playing college football. I was not necessarily like that. Right. But, and same with radio or talking or podcasts, you just, sometimes you just kind of have, you know, I, I have limited gifts in life. There's not many other things I could do. I mean, that was part of it. Why I hey. wanted to work in football, because I remember being at Cal Poly thinking like, I don't think I can like work for a bank. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. I, 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 I'm going to suck at this. How am I going to survive? How, how am I going to sell insurance? Yeah. So you just try to find what you really like. And then sometimes like, that's probably what happens to more people, like organically just kind of leads you to an area. Well, I mean, you said it best too. You're, one, everybody's got different talents. That's that's one thing. Yeah. Two, it's crazy the amount of people that might be good at bank or might be good at all kinds of shit, but they can't talk, have a conversation, steer a conversation. It's one thing to be a host of a podcast or a show versus being a guest on a host or uh, a guest on a podcast. Yeah, for or sure. A show. Definitely a different vibe. Definitely got to have. I don't want to call it, it 
it is it does become talent, but a lot of it's organic. I was a fucking ag business major. I mean, I got yeah. no background in this shit. So at was all. I. Hey. Good. It's, need, the only, it's the only way I get into school. Need farmers these days, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. But you know, the reason I think I got good at talking to people growing up on an onion farm, I had to load trucks on I, I'd get on the forklift, I'd take the pallets of onions, I'd load them on a truck, I'd have to shake the truck driver's hand, they'd be going everywhere in the fucking world. Yeah. Maine, Florida, Canada, Utah, doesn't freaking matter. You ask them, hey, how do you want your truck? How do you want it loaded? What do you want it? You know, there's certain laws where you have to have a certain amount of weight or not or not too much weight on yeah. your truck. So being a fourth grade kid and having to shake a grown man's hand 10 times a day every summer for year after year after year, one, you learn how to shake a hand, not like a, you know, yeah. a wuss bag like there is too many these days. Sure. But also you understand, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna put my big boy pants on right now and talk like a big boy, look a man in the eye, be direct, get my point across on things. And I think that's just developed along with my athletic career of just, hey, being a good communicator is a good tool to have in your toolbox as a football player, as a, as, as a, as a freaking JV baseball player. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you could communicate on the field, a coach sees that as an asset. So, you know, not to go full circle on the whole thing, but now that you're in the position of the podcasting, talk about your podcast a little bit. I know you got three and out. You got you got this go low one. Yeah, I mean, I, what I, are you going? Well, I think back to what you were just saying is that, uh, you know, life for the most people is kind of indirectly or directly about sales. Mm-hmm. And, and really what, what you're doing, what I do is just kind of selling yourself. You have to. You, you you're know? your brand. And when I was in college, I remember thinking like, I never want to work in sales. And even when I got to the NFL, like seeing the people that had to sell tickets or, or at Fresno State, like that's it's like, I don't want to do it. And you realize like that's most of life, no matter what you do, whether you're the head coach in college, whether you host a podcast, whether you run a business, like you're always selling. And that is, you know, it, it sounds sometimes kind of hollow and fake, but right. it, it, I think it, it's uh, it's the most valuable skill probably in America. <laughs> you know, the ability to sell whatever your wh- whether it's your vision for your program, whether it's your product, whether you you are run a podcast and are entertaining. Yeah. So I, I think that is. I actually, when I was at Fresno State, a buddy of mine from high school, Guy Haberman hosted a show for Chris Pacheco at Fresno. Right. And I lived with him and another buddy that was on the basketball team and became a basketball coach. He ended up uh, going to the Bay Area and hosting a radio show. So when I got fired in the NFL, I started going on with him. Right. And I started being a guest. And then the guy that ran the radio show really liked me because I didn't give a shit. I was just kind of like, I was Good. blasting people. Yeah, well, exactly. And and then we ended up getting a radio show that, like I said, ended up getting canceled when the Raiders got mad at me. And then that's how we started a podcast, like kind of a Bay Area centric that's now kind of turned in very 49er heavy. Yeah. Because football's king. Uh, Absolutely. And Say so, it again. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, kind of got it, got the ball rolling. And then from there, Coward and I started a podcast probably in 2018 he's like hey i want you to have one for me so i was like right. yeah shit so we do three and out and then well, how, how tell me about that relationship how did you when you when did you first get in the room with coward because he you know he's kind of on the mount rushmore of guys that are that have been doing this for a long yeah, time yeah I mean, he's the best in the biz yeah uh, I, I would say i think we met through twitter wow you know, probably in like 2014 2015 you know once i got out of the nfl i started a twitter account yeah and, you know, former NFL scout, he's buddies with Andy Reid. Okay. So I, I would, I've never asked him this, but I would imagine he like asked about me or whatever. Uh, and then he just started having me on his radio show at ESPN. Mm-hmm. 
So then we just start talking a lot. And then I, I can't even remember. Somehow we start texting. We yep. just kind of became buddies. Then I started doing, I think I started doing the podcast before I actually ever met him in person, which was probably like three or four years ago. Okay. And then he started the volume. Yeah. But now, you know, Draymond Green, Colin, myself, a yeah. bunch of other people. Uh, and obviously I just went over with him. Yeah. So it's been good. The volume. I mean, is that, what's the vision there? I, there's so many different platforms now of hubs of podcasts, hubs of shows. Is it eventually a thing where the more athletes, the more shows, the better? Do you want to keep it exclusive? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's up to him. I mean, I, yeah. I just... I you just work there essentially then? Yeah, I mean, I we have a good business partnership and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm involved heavily, obviously, in terms of the more successful it is, the more successful we all are. Right. I, I think he's been very... You know, he just doesn't hire anybody. You know, Draymond has been just a pretty incredible move, right? I mean, I mean it's he's, it's changed the game almost. Yeah, he he's a pretty special individual for just a guy on the most famous team who just doesn't give a shit and will talk. And he's also just a polarizing player. Right, right. And Richard Sherman, you know, obviously came on last Dog. year. Kind of same type deal, right? Kind of Draymond of the NFL. Yeah. It's a little different because Richard's retired now. Now, he's doing the Amazon stuff. I mean, Draymond's in the heat of Like, he's fucking playing LeBron right now, right? Uh, right now. <laughs> Literally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been, uh, it's very cool. And now Colin is the, you know, is the bus driver, obviously. He's wow. the he's the lead dog. So, it's just like, uh, without him, it wouldn't exist. I mean, Draymond could have started it. But like, right, right, my, right. my thing and the success of three and out, um, you know, it's all, he. I owe it to him. Right. You know, well, the I mean, platform, the distribution, <clears throat> the the whole thing. It's difficult, and I've I've kind of voiced this to people. I don't know if you've gone through this. I'm fresher in the game. This will be episode 90 for me. I do one a week, so I'm still rather fresh in the whole thing. Um, had some early momentum, but you know, people come to me like, "Hey, why don't you, why don't you go get uh, Tom Brady on the pod? Why don't you get Michael Jordan on the pod?" I think people don't understand like those guys. It, you got to build your way up to get to that point uh, yeah. to get in those rooms to get in that text message chain with whoever you need to coordinate something like that. It, it, it's it's harder when, you know, I played college football. That's great. But you look at it, guys like Bustin' with the Boys, where you got a Will Compton and Taylor Lewan who have decorative NFL careers. They're, they're kind of the, – they were the face of the Titans for a little bit there yeah. in, in their own unique way. They already have a following. Taylor was Will. Yeah, I'm kidding. I like, <laughs> I like Will. I like those guys. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, yeah. they got this platform, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh shit. Let's just start some microphones all yeah. of a sudden. Richard Sherman at the same time. Like, well, you can't – I mean – like Richard or Draymond or those guys, like they're playing a different ball game. Right. You know, and, and that's like one of the things like three and out, like I, I don't do that many interviews. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had on Coach Reed before. I've had on different people at the Combine, but for the most part, like it's just me talking. Yeah. You know, and I think part of it is, you know, it's just, I'm just giving my opinions unfiltered. When you, you know, when you're starting to create your personal identity of, hey, people are tapping in to see you, to see you, John basically. Yeah. Do you have, you know, kind of boundaries you set of the do's and don'ts, things I want to steer away from? Like, you know, I don't want to get too political on this side. I don't want to get too religious on this side. Or do you just say, hey, whatever comes to mind, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I, I say for the most part, I think in 2023, moving forward, and it's been like this for several years, and I think Barstool is a good example of this. It's kind of like raw and unfiltered is what people want. Absolutely. They don't want fake bullshit. Well, that's what podcasts are so great now. Well, exactly. So just be yourself. I also, you know, politics in general, you know, I obviously use, I guess, ideas and 
you know, things I believe when it comes you know, part of the NFL money is a huge part of it. So it's like you end up talking about financial theories and the way you view life. So it, it kind of comes out, but like in terms of like every day, I'm not hammering home social things. No, it's why shit, I think no. it's, it's why I think so much of the media is dying yeah. is they can't help to tell you what they believe. And it's like, I got news for you. Not everyone believes like you do. So when you force it, like, and I, I come from a world where I don't give a shit what you think, like do whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I've, I've been friends matter. with people all over the fucking world. Yeah. You all like it's, in football, you see it, right. you meet people from all over the place, every avenue of life, every corner, everything, every and background. It, and it never really, no. in my experience now, obviously things became much more polarizing these last six, seven years, but yeah, things have always been pulled. My dad used to always say, like, people always think, like, now's the craziest. He's like, right. there was a World War II, there was a World War One, there was a Great Depression, there was Vietnam. Like, right. It's like, whenever you're living in the time, it feels like the craziest, but people always feel like that at the time. It's just not always necessarily true. And I think today, like, you know, you could argue never been better. Right, right. Life's pretty good for the most part. Yeah. Relative to like you ask someone's great grandparents about like what the 1920s were like. No, it's pretty Or shy. like when your when your son went off to World War II and did not come back. Yeah. Like, I mean, think about the things we complain about right now. It's it's embarrassing. It's I, a joke. You yeah. know, and that and that's where but a lot of people think like that. And I think sometimes the media who like lives on Twitter yeah. can get in this weird spot. And it's why so many of them at the big conglomerates feel like they've never had less juice. And that's why like a guy like Colin is so unique, who's worked at these big things, who's pivoted over to Fox, who created this because he sees. Like Colin, the thing I respect the most, he's so successful, but he has this like entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Where like he didn't need to start the volume. He's got no. more money. No. And he needs to like, he's did this out of like a passion and knowing and like he's good and likes business. That's why to me, like I, I've been very fortunate to be able to work with him because I always listen to him. Because right. the way he talked about sports was unlike yeah. anyone. Me too, seriously. It. So it's like, you know, and I think he resonates. And I've always told him this, like whenever you go to a party or a, uh, you know, a wedding or whatever, you meet people like a 60-year-old guy that's like the CEO of his, of his company. But you also like his 20-year-old kid that's like a sophomore in college at Arizona State. They both like him. You know, and that's kind of unique because sometimes usually the guy your dad likes is not always the guy you like. So when you exactly. can cross all those different demos, you know, it's it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do at all. And I I personally, I love that fact about him. And I've tried to utilize that in my game. And I think that I kind of have, I have from, I was the only white boy wide receiver at Fresno State. So I, I, I understood, I got a real good taste of different types of backgrounds, cultures, whether you're from the Bay, LA, Texas, a uh, yeah. corner of Florida, doesn't matter. At the same time, I grew up on onion farm. I'm a country boy. You guys had a little different budget than when I was there. We weren't going to Florida. <laughs> hey, I was I wasn't going anywhere. They came, they were, they went two miles away to get me. But they uh, you know, you realize, and you kind of brushed on it earlier, but like, I don't care about your personal beliefs, what your viewpoints are on certain things. If you're a good person, and you and you and you don't affect my life in a negative aspect, or you're not trying to ruin me necessarily. I'm good with you, man. Just yeah. be if you're nice. If you're nice to me and I'm nice to you, I'm good with it. You don't got to get into the personal beliefs and who's right, who's wrong. This is good. This is bad. And I think you know, especially in today's day and age, you mentioned it. Twitter's the it's. it's but I don't think society's like, like that. It, like, it isn't. It's you, a, it's, you get it's off the bullshit. internet. Everyone's nice. Everyone's no, friendly. It's some you, Twitter you might bullshit. Like, yeah. Someone might cut you off or whatever. You're pissed off right. or just says something like bumps no. into you at the you know, the, the store, right, but for the right. most part, like everyone's just good. Go people. outside. You have no clue what anyone thinks. And most people are friendly to other people. Absolutely. That's why like 
social media clearly is very, very powerful right now. Yes. But I also think it's not, it doesn't parallel the way like real life is. Well, you got to utilize it as an asset for an industry like we're in right now, because yeah. obviously the more, the more clicks you have, the more chance you are of, you know, getting a bigger sponsorship deal, getting more people engaged in your product and or whatever it might be. But at the same time, and I don't know about you, but like I have tried to steer away from turning into a clickbait type thing. I don't want to be the guy who has some, I don't want to put athletes down for more interactions on my podcast. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's just, maybe that's an internal compass I have that I started on early and I, I'm keeping it at that. But you know, as you see how this game grows, you look at some controversial shit. That's what's got all the clicks right now. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's a, there's definitely a gray area. There. There's a thin line. Like you said, you want to be raw about it. And to be able to be in the position you are, you know, I think a lot of people are chasing that. I get hit up all the time. Hey, I want to start a podcast, blah, blah, blah. Guys barely get past, you know, guys barely buy microphones. And then, yeah. they, and then they call, know. you know, me being young in this game, you've been a little vetted in it at this point. Was there a day where you said, cause I know you, you mentioned you were, everything's kind of led to this point, but you got to live your life. You got to bring in income and stuff like that. Do you, and you could get as into this as much as you like, but at what point did you say, hey, I can make a living for a grown-ass man on podcasting? Was there was there a certain deal you had or was it a package or how is yeah, that Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been able to survive really pretty quickly once I started doing it. Uh, I, I would say the last three or four years, I'm 38. So probably once I got to about 35, I look great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. I, I realized like it could really be something big. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, I had a lot of friends that went, that I went to school with Cal Poly that, you know, when I graduated college, like the 07, 08, I graduated 08, a five-year guy, but some of them graduated 07, you know, the recession, whatever happened. But then right after that, a lot of the, uh, like the tech companies boomed. Right. So a lot of them got in early, you know, with, with Oracle, Salesforce, whatever, and started making huge money. Wow. You know, and just like anyone in, in the Bay Area, if you got in at the right time and, you know, you start working in football, my, you know, as a GA at Fresno State, I was making a scholarship check. Yeah. So you just paid no different than a player scholarship check. And then in the NFL, my first job paid $25,000. And I don't think up until 13, when I would have been like 28, 29, like I was like 50 grand. So you just start going, you knew the guys at the top were making a lot of money, but it was right. hard to get there. And you see some of your friends all easily make a couple hundred grand, like living well, right. buying places. You're like, am I doing this right? And then you just, you just, I was lucky enough to kind of see the big picture and just kind of drive through it. Mm -hmm. Because there are times when you can go like, is this worth it? Right. You know, and I, I think it's very, very difficult. One advice a lot of successful people give, and I, I do believe it's true. When you do something you like to do, it's much easier to do it. Because everything that you do in life even if you like it, it's going to bother you, yeah. right? You could be Tom fucking Brady or Peyton Manning. Certain things drove them nuts about football, even though totally. they were addicted to football, yeah. right? Or Bill Belichick or Andy Reid or Jeff Bezos or whoever. Right. But like when you like doing it, it's easier to like, okay, I've got to do this on Saturday. Where the majority of people are like, I'm not doing this on Saturday or something. And I don't even blame them. Yeah. Like it, you hate what you do, like whatever. But that limits your ability. And then the older you get to try to like make a change because kids come mortgages come, life comes, it's harder to pivot. So the faster- It's fucking expensive like, too. That becomes- I, I would not, like, the only reason I'm here doing this and been able to do, like, make a living off being a full-time, like, I meet people, a podcaster. Right, like, right, right. You know, and I say it, like, with pride now. Yeah. Is because I kind of started, you know, 
and it really started through football, yeah. which gave me my credibility to start just being a radio host and then a podcaster from the jump. Yep. Make nothing in my 20s and just kind of get along. And also had parents who dad was a farmer. My mom, you worked forever. You, we, I grew up in Davis at the state capitol who just supported doing something like, wait, what do you want to do? Right, right. You know, you'd be a recruit. You want to be a scout in the NFL? Like, it's just not, you don't know anyone. It's not like my dad was a assistant coach. You know, it just, we didn't know those people. No. So, you know, I, it's a huge, my, without my parents' support, it wouldn't, have, that definitely would have been possible. Just them, like, never saying, like, this is stupid. Get a normal job. Right. You know, like, sell insurance. Like, you know, yeah. all these, all the people we, <laughs> be you know, normal. we see at the store all their kids are doing. And, yeah. like, that's, that's, I, that's first and foremost starts there, like with a right. support system of like, you can do it. Like, right. cool. Like, can we come to a game? Yeah. You know, we'll, no, we, it's we're, fun. We'll, we'll drive your car out to Philly because that sounds cool. It's like, you know, hope I do that for my kids. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. We interrupt this episode to bring the juice for a quick word from our newest sponsor at Manscaped. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who have trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. 20% off and free worldwide shipping using code BRINGTHEJUICE. That's right. Go to manscaped.com, use code BRINGTHEJUICE for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. If my math is correct, that's 16 million balls. Leading up to my wedding, boys, did not know what I was going to do. I I, I rock the beard. I go clean shave. Do I go mustache, chops, Fu Manchu? Flavor saver. Wasn't sure. All I knew was I was going to use Manscaped to get me right for my big day. Guess what? It worked out. I looked phenomenal. My wife was so happy. So far, so good in my marriage. Thanks to Manscaped, they've helped. That performance package 4.0, it arrived, and it's a game changer. It's got the lawnmower uh, trimmer. It's got the weed whack ear and nose hair trimmer. It's got the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs in a travel bag to hold all those goodies. Manscaped.com. Use code BRINGTHEJUICE. 20% off. Free shipping. Take care of yourself, boys. Look good. Feel good. Smell good. Bring the juice. Get after it. Manscaped.com. Use code BRINGTHEJUICE. 20% off. Free shipping. So, all right, let's go. Let's use, you mentioned Philly. Now let's talk about the scout life. I, I, I have yet to have anybody who has any scouting experience on the pod. What is give me a a week of an NFL scout because I know you're traveling you're looking well, certain times it, it of depends year. depends are on you, the time you are, you, are you working like my when I left Fresno State to go to the Eagles right. I worked in the office okay so a guy you're, that you weren't in the field yeah born and raised in Davis went to Cal Poly two years of Fresno off to Philadelphia <laughs> you know it was kind of crazy you know it's like making and I'm not a player I ain't no. getting a hundred you know a million dollars I'm getting twenty five thousand dollars don't know a soul. Go out to the Eagles with Deshaun Jackson, Shady McCoy, Andy. And it was Shady. like, this is kind of crazy. And it was intense. But I worked in the office for the first two years as yeah. kind of my first year. No different than what I did at Fresno. You kind of do everything. Right, like right. From food runs to picking up players at the airport to going to get, grab their playbook to writing up players to helping the GM do lists to getting screamed at for who knows what. To right. helping assistant coaches to, you know, printing out the weather you know, injury report. It's a little different in, in the pros than college, like with the injury report every, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, you just kind of do every, you're just trying to keep your head above water and survive. Right. College was a little easier in the sense, just a little less, your team's your team. Yeah. You know, there's no like, 
adding guys throughout the season. Cuts, free now, agency. Kinda, you know, now it's way crazier. Yeah. But like then it was, you know, your 100 guys in your roster, 100 guys in your roster, coaches are coaches. You know, it's just, right. it was a little less crazier in like 08, 09. But like the NFL, I remember thinking it was crazy. It's just intense, you know. And, and it's like, I'm sure as a player, you know, the losses, you just like, oh my God, dread going in. You know, oh, it's, I'm sure. And the wins, it's like, oh, this is gonna be such an awesome Monday. <laughs> you know? So that's that's the one thing that I it was hard to handle, like yeah. that, the ebb and flow of that. Which I think co- it's weird. Like coaches are crazy. Like they are a crazy breed. Different breed. And it's like they kind of get numb to that, you know, because they don't get that excited with the wins for a, for a split moment, maybe an hour after the game of beer, but like. You see them the next day, they ain't like doing cartwheels down the hallway. Yeah, pissed off sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like that that the, the one thing that I remember being in the office and going to practice all the time in in and I'm sure it's no different at Fresno State too. It's like when a guy goes down, that feeling of like it's different. It's like guy kind of gets rolled up on, shakes it off, and like guy he ain't getting up. Yeah. You know, it's like it's kind of quiet. Especially it, when it's one of your really good players. It's kind of that Friday Night Lights Booby Miles moment a little bit where yeah, you're just and like it, and it, I don't think people realize it like happens a lot. You know, so now it's, and, and you know, in the NFL, probably, you know, definitely no different in college. It just depends who it, it's a different feeling, but I don't care who you are when you're laying there, it's right. like everyone stops. But if it's like, oh my, is that like, yeah. oh my god. What, what numbers that <laughs> that looks like an ACL? Yeah, that's, that's the not. thing that I have a lot of respect for. Like, I, I couldn't handle that, you know? Yeah. Like, and part of it, like, what I do now, like, I control everything. Like, right. you never control everything in life. But, no. like, that feeling in the NFL, too, they get so numb to it. Like, next guy, call this guy, bring these workouts tomorrow. And it's just like, it's just a cycle. You're a number. It's just a yeah. cycle. It's crazy. Yeah. So, being, you know, the reason it was the NFL draft, and before that was the combine, is... From a scout's perspective, which I know you're in the office, but you know the game. I, I did. I did the West Coast. My okay. Third so, year. so did is that is draft night night one of the draft? Were you ever in the big room where it, it's hey, who we pick in type thing, or or do you at least know what the vibe was in there? Yeah, I mean, my first two years, I was in charge of the boards throughout the year. Okay, you know, not just not the draft board, but the per- personnel boards, helping with the draft boards. And uh, we had a pretty tight-knit room when I was in Philly. I think they've expanded it. Uh, but, like, you go in and out. And at that first round, it was like we were pretty close-knit. And then as this thing goes, doors are open. Everyone's eating, kind of going in and out. Right. But my third year when I did the West Coast, like, I mean, there were players on the board that you want to draft or you don't want to draft. Uh, and that was one thing that happened to me is, I had basically the entire Pac-12. The it was the whack then, but the Mountain West, all the way to El Paso to Colorado West. Yeah, so I had a pretty cool. That's area. That's a pretty awesome. Yeah, but it's yeah. big. You know, so there's a lot of teams. Like my buddies that do the SEC. You know, it sounds like everything's far, but everything's like three hours away, yeah. two hours away. Totally. You know, you probably drove You're driving. Far, you drove farther today than yeah, a exactly. lot of those guys doing going from like. Yeah, I just went from Alabama to Atlanta. To me, that sounds like you're crossing like seven states. Like, no, it was like two and a half hours. I went from Tallahassee to Auburn. If if you go from, you know, UCLA to Fresno, I mean, that might take you, depending on traffic, could be five hours. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Very much. It's a a long way. Always. So you just, uh, that was a really cool experience. But I remember in the draft meetings, by then I was pretty, I wouldn't say cocky, but I was like confident, like I had been elevated. I was doing a good job. Like I worked for the GM. So even though right. Andy had just lost his job, you're I had gonna, that chip. Right. But I, in a draft meeting, I just, 
kind of why I think I'm a successful podcaster. I was just saying like I thought. Like, right. Matt Barkley cannot play here. Right. And then Chip Kelly, who I think fucking might have been taking a nap back there, kind of comes to Matt Barkley had beat them at Oregon at USC. So he took it personal almost. And even the game, I think they lost to him. Or I mean, the USC lost to him. I think Barkley played really well against him. He liked him. We ended up drafting him. Uh, and then, yeah, it just wasn't. It just was like, this is, I, I'm not going to be here long. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure they just gave that guy a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, I mean, you kind of mentioned it before the pub, we were chopping it up, but like, is there any, and obviously, you know, a guy who's a number, okay, a guy who's a shoe-in freak of nature, middle linebacker from Alabama who has all the accolades, all the physical attributes, and he balls out. He's not going to have an issue. He's going to go top five. But what is what are some deal breakers you would say from the your experience of like, hey, this guy, it's a it's a it's a red flag. We're going to not maybe not draft him as high, or maybe we're going to let him go a little bit. See if we get him in later round. I think it just depends on your team, who you have on your team, where you're at, kind of in your process. Because like the last couple of years, the Eagles character has been a really big deal. And yeah. they've drafted like it, right? Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy, super high character guy. Landon yeah. Dickerson, offensive lineman, super high character guy. And then Jalen Hurts, super high character guy. And they've just kind of built this squad around like these high-level guys. Right. And then this year, it's like Jalen Carter, who was in the car where yeah. – In another car. I guess they were racing on a night like after the party for their back-to-back national championships – and, you know, a dude died. And he had already had red flags about immaturity and stuff like that. And the dude obviously left the scene. Yeah. So it's just right away teams. And, and this all came out at the combine day one. Yeah. So it was like, people were like, what? So that right. whenever you get information that you weren't, that aren't known on a guy, it's one thing like, hey, it turns out this isn't fair, but I'm just going to use like Bryce Young, super high character check, or Will Anderson. You know, he got like a drunk in public his freshman year and that came out. No one knew about it. It's like, whatever. You know, low dumb moment. No one even cares. Right, right, right. You know, or like in high school, he got caught with a beer and like he got a ticket. You're like, no. But the Jalen thing, he had already had red flags and that happened. The Eagles are just like, we are really close. We have a group of his own teammates. So they take, yeah. you know, it's still risky, but they sure. go, we have the infrastructure. Whereas people are like, why didn't the Falcons take him to the Lions? Well, maybe they feel like we're not where we need to be like around him yeah. to handle that. So like to me, character can be anything from like, just being someone, you know, he doesn't really listen to coaches. Yeah. You know, he does not, he does not take coaching well. You're like, well, is this something because the coach that was coaching him was a was not good? Yeah. Like, is that on the player? Or is like the player kind of high level and realized this guy's an idiot? Or like, actually, that guy's pretty good. He's coached for Belichick, he's coached for Pete Carroll, and he's won multiple national championships as an assistant coach around. We take that guy's word very highly, and it's right. actually on the kit. Yep. So it's it's a lot of stuff that most businesses, it's very black and white. You quantify, right? We're making money, we're losing money. We're getting listeners, we're not getting listeners. We're selling this many products, we're not. Judging someone's character is very hard. Yeah. And that's why when you draft people, which ultimately you're best in, you know, we're drafting players, but like you're drafting the person. What's he like? Kyler Murray's a good example, right? We're in Arizona. His talent for a tiny guy is incredible. It's insane. He's He's probably a top five fast guy in the NFL. His arm is elite. He's accurate. He's just, when he's on, he can kick anyone's ass in the league. Yep. But, like, clearly, like, does he love studying football? And for some positions, like, if you're a wide receiver, whatever. Yeah. Like, run your slant. But if you're the quarterback. You better know your shit. 
I remember Carson Palmer said, I remember asking him like after he was done playing, I was like, what do you miss about being in the, being, you know, in the NFL? He's like, I miss the pressure every day as a starting quarterback walking into the building and knowing like, it's kind of all on me. Like that's very inspired. Like the pressure on these quarterbacks. Yeah. It's like they're held to the standard of like the coach, you know, and they Absolutely. make, and they make, even though coaches now make 15 million, they make triple that. Yeah. So it just like the it's just really really intense. So quarterbacks are held to a higher standard than you know a defensive lineman or whatever. Sure. But still, like that stuff matters. When you look at the All Pro teams in the NFL, I would say most of them are like pretty impressive guys. You know, not getting in trouble. This is not. There's it's just too intense of a sport. The training now is less about like never practice less. So a lot's on you. Yeah. Like Nick Bose is a good example. He doesn't come really to the 49ers off season. And for some players, like, that's kind of a red flag. To him, they're like, him and Joey are grinding in Florida. Yeah. And he came in last year, hadn't been around really beside the one mandatory OTAs, came, like, shredded. Yeah. And by, like, the second week, Trent, He's taking care of business. Trent Williams, who's going to the Hall of Fame, is like, yeah, I think this is the best pass rusher I've ever seen, like, in training camp. So certain guys, like, the level of, like, focus. Like, and I've seen it with a lot of the Niners guys. George Kittle, yeah. Fred Warner. Like, and they're some of the best at their, at their position because they're locked in. I ran into Travis Kelsey at the golf course a couple weeks ago. And I started, I went up to him. I said, Hey, I used to work with Coach Reed. We started BSing a little bit. And he, football came up like within five, like probably less than five minutes of the conversation. He's like, Yeah, we got to go out to work with Mahomes here next week. And then we got OTAs. I remember texting Coach Reed. I'm like, Travis is a locked in dude. Yeah. You know, and you look at like Travis and his brother Jason, like they're going to the Hall of Fame for a reason. This yeah. is not, and Travis feels a little bit more like a, fun, you know, he's not married or whatever, having right, a good right. time. But he is not screwing around. There's a time to work and a time to play. And he understands that. Yeah. And, and there's just, I think football, I've said this for a long time now, it's kind of like Wall Street on grass because you factor in the money, the pressure, and it's like the cream really separates itself. And it's why so many guys, what's cool about the sport too, why, and you play with some of these guys, like you can be a seventh round pick and be a starter by year one. You can be an undrafted free agent, have an eight-year career. You can, like you don't, just because you're drafted 50, you get more money off the, off to, the, beginning. Off the jump. Yep. But by like, I would say, depending, I mean, it's probably different certain places, but because if you suck, you'll give the te- a guy a little longer if your team sucks. Right. But like if your team is decent or good, that period, that clock starts rolling pretty quick. Like maybe give you a year, but like you better be ready to roll going into your second year. Like if you ain't playing well, like the, our fifth rounder is better than you. See ya. Yeah. You know, and that's what, that's the society's law like that, right? Like you either produce or you don't. And like, yeah, you might've gone to Harvard or you might've gone to Stanford or whatever, but like, I know a lot of guys from state schools crushing it. When I grew up, it's harder Amen now. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, when I grew up, like a lot of my family friends that had had successful, like they started their own, but didn't even graduate high school. It's harder to do that, like in modern well, times. Times have changed now. I mean, but, but now it's kind of shifting back. Like, well, I don't even know. Go to YouTube University. It, it gives a shit. One hundred percent. So, and football's always been like that. Like, yeah. Brock Purdy's a good example. Like, they've already kind of moved off Trey Lance because they got this guy in this Mister Irrelevant. I know. Because right in training camp, he like they started. God, this guy's pretty good. Guy's pretty good. And they had given two million dollars to the backup. And by the end of training camp, Kyle's like, "That's we're taking that guy over over the guy we gave two million to because you can earn it." Yeah, you know, just like you're doing this podcast. If it's good, it might take. You never know if it's going to take a year, five years. Right. You know, that's the difference of like in sports. There's like a finite amount of time, right? You got that's the thing. You're on a clock. You're on a clock because the body. Yep. I mean, best. You know, if you have a ten year career, you're a legend. Hell, you, you might have four or five years to take advantage of it. Most industries, you got a runway. You got a runway, and you can't like 
you know, people have like, what are your aspirations? Like, I don't know. I mean, things change so constantly. Right. Like, I'll just do whatever I have to do to keep yeah. rolling the way the, you know, it's kind of pointing. Kind but of, it, I, I think it's harder now than ever to like, in any industry to be like, this is where I want to be in five years. How can you even, no. how do you even know? You got to grind right now, put food on the table today. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned it. Well, you know, two things. One, yes, there's an absolute, in sports, it's a ticking time bomb. You're on a clock. That's both, are you in your prime still? Are you, you get injured now. I mean, that might be it. Because you get injured, the guy comes in behind you, starts kicking ass. You're old news all of a sudden. It's, it's, You're it's. Done. It's an effed up thing. And then you got to go to a new place and kind of start from scratch. Your old news that you're, you know, you're, and it's like, I think now we're seeing it, especially with that COVID year, you got quarterbacks coming out from the draft where they're 25 years old and yeah. everyone says, a bunch of them were and, every, and everyone's like, oh, they're so good. And it's like, dude, Lamar Jackson's what, 26 years old. Yeah. He's got an MVP under his belt. Sam, just, Sam Darnold is just turned 25. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's some, there's He's been some in the league crazy, five years. There's some crazy ass stats out there about it. And it might not mean much to people. And I understand, like, your rookie year is your rookie year. But at the same time, first of all, it, it gives you a little bit of a tip of your hat to a guy like Sam Darnold. We're like, this guy's already bounced around a little bit. And he's going into what year? Is this year four for him? No, this year is three. Year six. Year six? He just finished his fifth year option. But, wow. but that, that's my point. Like, so, yes. like, Stetson Bennett or Hendon Hooker. Yes. Who, you know, obviously, Stetson Bennett wins the national championship. Hendon Hooker back. has an incredible year before he tears his ACL. It. 25 years old playing against a lot of 18, 19, 20-year-olds. So, like, you just once you get to the NFL, that doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. And I think the second thing that you mentioned was you could be a seventh-rounder, Mr. Irrelevant. doesn't matter. You get your opportunity to ball. And, I, and a lot of the guys I've had on the pod recently, through Bring the Juice, you know, they've gone to little-ass colleges. They've gone to big D1s, then they went to some D2, yeah. went undrafted, grinded their way on P-Squad, got on some special teams, and now they've been on 53-man rosters. Well, why do you think years. so many guys over the last, like, I don't know, 20 years from Fresno State have made it? Because the overwhelming majority of them have not had an opportunity. And, and a large percentage of guys from the program, right, are from Northern or Southern California. Well, the Valley, yeah. So, yeah, it, I'm encompassing that whole area. No, so, basically, yep. from Sac over to the Bay, all the way down to Bakersfield, L.A., San Diego. Yep. Well, like, you don't think they would want to go to UCLA or USC or Oregon, but a lot of those guys don't get the offer. Why do you think Fresno State's like 4-0 and or 5-0 and the last five times they played fucking UCLA? It's well, exactly. They're pissed off they do When I went there and we beat them, I remember Coach Hill, like that, to start that week, I think ask everyone to raise their hand how many people had an offer from UCLA. Yeah. It was like Ryan Matthews, but he couldn't get in there academically. You know, it was a very small list. Right. And like, that's where the program and Boise always was great at this under Pete. Yeah. Uh, and they've, you know, they feels like they peaked a little bit, you know, but you know, well, I like to say so. I, I like have, to say so. I have a lot of respect for the program. I do, I played at Fresno State and I do as well. You have to put respect where it's due. Because and that's they, they were always a lot like that too. And yeah. they were even getting like when I was there, I'm sure when you played and it feels like they've done this with, with Ted Ferd and Coach Hill, because those guys are great recruiters. It's like they will steal a guy from Pac-12 schools, right? For Very the most so. part, Boise, when we played them, it was like we had more talent. Yeah. But it's like they got the dude, they got this one dude from North Dakota, they got this other guy from yep. this little city in Washington. Yep. And then you play them, it's like, are we down 30 points here? And uh, what the fuck is going on here? They're, They're good. incredible. Well-ran football program. Yeah. And, and, like, and football is a lot like that. Like for a long period of time, you know, the Patriots always had Tom. But the majority of guys on their team, they, they did not look at their wide receivers over the e years. Exactly, man. they had a lot of random DBs. Yeah. They had a lot of shout random, out Danny Woodhead. Yeah, I mean lo, okay. lo, lo, Logan's a good example. Now Logan, be, I mean, was a really good player, right. Logan Mankins. But 
you know, they hung their hat on like being tougher than you, having this Greedy. chip on their shoulder. And there's a balance to that, yeah. you know? And I think like, I, I think the Chiefs kind of have that going now too. Like you meet yeah. Travis Kelsey, he doesn't walk in and act like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Clearly right. Mahomes, like their work ethic, you know, and that's kind of what separates operate. That's what Alabama, they've had the best players and they work like they're like on the come up. Right. Clearly Kirby's done that at Georgia. He saw and, the, he saw they're the, kicking everyone's ass. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's clearly a, uh, some sort of a, you know, a yeah. template. He's been the only guy to basically copy and paste it. Yeah. And it's hard. Like it's, there's a reason Nick Saban is like, one going to go down as like the John Wooden of football. People shouldn't be able to copy that. No. But Kirby is obviously of all of his assistants, Clearly, just doing an incredible job because they just they dominate. No, he's he's. I mean, they're they're killing it. It's crazy because, especially this year, you know, everyone's talking about who's going to win the Natty. Blah 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 blah. Georgia, without a doubt, was dominant the entire season. It wasn't yeah. even close. And again, Stetson Bennett. I know that he wasn't very highly you know sought after by a lot of people on their draft analysis. I don't know shit about that. That's your job, but. The dude did win two nineties at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. So you got to give him that. And that's the thing, the like, the, it's hard, like, separate college from pro, right? Right. Like, Jake Hayner, starting quarterback, Fresno State, goes ahead of Stetson Bennett. By one. Yes. You know, but that's, you know, because ultimately, if you ask people in the Saints, they clearly, had, they could have drafted either. Right. And they had Jake Hayner rated above him. So that, and that's the hard part. Like, it's easy with the superstar players, right? Yes. This is Alabama, Georgia's best. Jalen Carter. Like, he's their best player. He, honestly, Jalen Carter's been the best player on both teams. Right. The only other guy that's close to that is the dude from Napa, Brock Bowers, the tight end, who's just a fucking freak show. He is a freak show. But so it's like, those guys are easy. Like, right. But, like, how do you differentiate? Because Stetson Bennett, for the most part, Jake just doesn't have, you know, he beat UCLA last year. He got hurt against USC. But week in, week out, he's not playing Tennessee, Alabama. It's different. Yeah, yeah you're playing Nevada's, like, and, and but you have to project like, is he a more skilled player? Sure. He's you know, Jake's a little older, but Setson's way older than Jake. Couple yeah. years. Does he have a better arm? And that's the hard part where you got to get to know the guy, what yep. they're wired Character like, character thing, all that. Yeah, how much they love football, and you know, that's there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, and it gets back to the sales thing. Some guys are better at reading people. But then there's a, an element of like, well, how do you, once you get to the NFL, who knows? You know, it's just a different level. Some people just kind of crumble. Yeah. Or, or maybe they would have been fine like five years later in life, but they're not quite prepared for it at 23, 24. And some guys are. Well, back to the, it's a ticking time bomb. And guess what? You're throwing in the shits. Seek or swim, baby. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cares whether you need a learning curve or not. Now, granted, and you could know this considering you were in the you were in the actual locker room itself and as well as your profession now, where you know, if you're drafted in the let's say you got a receiver A and receiver B. Receiver A was drafted in the first round, right? Yeah. A team invested in him, they gave him a nice signing bonus. They're expecting him to be wide receiver one. Receiver B is undrafted free agent. They each get 10 passes. If the guy who went undrafted drops a pass, it is extremely more detrimental to his future in that program compared to if the first rounder is dropping passes. It doesn't matter for the it first It doesn't rounder. fucking matter at all. So He could drop all 10 passes but, that first year. He might not play like come Sunday, right. but he's not getting cut. He's not getting cut. He's not getting yeah. cut. But I mean, I do believe that eventually you keep, and this is just maybe the, the way that I've thought about my athletic career where, where I think there's a lot of young kids at home that think like this, where you keep making plays, you keep doing what you're supposed to do, do your fucking job pretty yeah. much. And this guy keeps kind of effing around in the corner. Maybe he's late to a few meetings. 
Maybe he doesn't show, you know, he's late for curfew one night. Maybe he d- misses, he's missing his assignments one day. The OC says, get him the fuck out of here. Get this guy in here. Well, well the undrafted free agent now all of a sudden knows his shit. He's catching the ball every time. How, how big is that string, do you think, today in the NFL? Especially where there's these bunko bucks going out. I, I think it's never been shorter. Really? Because there's unlimited money. Yeah. You know, back forever, it's like, well... You know, the teams weren't making as much. So if I give a guy $10 million, $20 million, I'm going to write it out. Yeah. Now it's like teams pivot all the time. Carson right. Wentz is a good example. He got thrown to the, to like, whatever. See you, buddy. Yeah, C- quarterbacks now get kind of thrown. And they have the biggest salaries. Yeah. You know, and, and Belichick forever was always the, the one willing to kind of move on quick. There's that famous video of, like, in a preseason game, Julian Edelman returns a punt. I don't know if he took it to the house. He might have, but it was a sweet punt return. And Belichick yes. looks at Wes Walker. And he's like, you ever heard of Wally Pip? And Wes is like, what are you talking about? And Bill kind of smiles at him. And then what happened? Julian took his job within a year. And Wes Walker went on to like still kick ass with Peyton Manning. It it was awesome. Like Wes Walker was, it wasn't like he was old and done. He was still really good. Right. But it's just like at any moment, also in football, there are just more guys every year coming in. So every year, even if you're a quarterback, there's a guy coming to your team playing your position. You know, and it's just like injuries happen at the highest amount in football. Injuries. For so sure. you could just miss a couple games. Well, what if you miss a couple games and that guy coming is really good and your salary is really big? Maybe they don't get rid of you that year, but it's in their mind. And you I, got you got to like piece the puzzle together for the right. money. And like I, I'm telling you, this guy here, Kyler, the new administration, like the new GM, the new coach, he's got a torn ACL. Yeah. What if they suck so hard that they get the number one pick? Like, Caleb Williams is the best. Like, Kyler was an elite prospect. Right. Caleb is on a completely different universe than him as a player coming out of college. Right. So it's like, now, you'd be like, well, they just gave Kyler all this money. Well, these people will try to convince it. Like, let's just move on. Let's trade him. Let's eat some of this money. Let's get this guy. It'll happen that fast. Is it because, too? And now, he said himself, like, he has some question marks. Like, he can earn that trust back of, like, focus. Like, he, he also gets a fresh start with people. Right. Right. So that's, it works both ways. Totally. You know, sometimes it's like, maybe you just mature. I've always said this, like I matured a little later. Yeah. You know, I I have a lot of respect for these guys like Trevor Lawrence or Patrick Mahomes that are like locked in at 22, 23. Like my greatest maturation as a human being came like in my late twenties, early thirties in terms of like relative to like what those guys already have. So I I respect the shit out of that. Not everyone, maybe, maybe it flips for Kyler and it's like, God, he's locked and loaded. Typically it doesn't, you know, and typically at that level, like it can, it, just for a little bit, like maybe guys run around too much at night and it's like it's slowing them down, like it's kind of sure. hold back on the journey. There's a difference of like, do you either have the focus and the desire or do you not? Like that, I don't know if you can take that. Like that's a different level of maturation. I think a lot of people look back, I wish I would have. Well, it's like, right. do you? Because you didn't, you didn't actually care about putting in the time because it's hard. It's hard. It's not made for everybody. It's not. Well, I, and I think anybody who you talk to will know guys in their locker room who have the talent, have the the raw ability, the instinct even, but everyone has their vice in this life. And sometimes you get, you give, you know, you give these big paychecks to guys and they don't know what the fuck to do with it. They have too much free time on their hands, too much luxuries. Not saying it's a bad thing. Everyone's chasing the bag. We're chasing the fucking bag. But how, and you said it best with Travis Kelsey, like, I've always hated that term, by the way, because like, chasing the bag? Yeah, because, there's no such thing as a bag. It's direct deposits and we pay taxes on it. You know, I, I would love, I would love the bag so, of cash. That so, just means you get cash to keep money. the cash. 
You know, know. The, the bags are what they used to give out in the SEC before the NIL, and now all these guys get in the NIL, <laughs> they got to pay the tax. I'm fascinated when the first guy, like, you know, so-and-so owes the government $700,000 for the $4 million he's made. Like, Why have they how's not, that not talked about happen? that yet? Why have they not talked about that shit yet? I don't, it, it feels inevitable, doesn't it? With some of these guys getting like, you, you think you just gave like the average 19-year-old, let's just say a million dollars. He's like, yeah, I'm going to put away 400 for taxes. No I had, we had Bobby Evans Jr. on the pod from the, the Rams a couple weeks ago. And we legit discussed how... We, he he got drafted to the Rams, and we discussed, you know, my buddy Mike, who was co-hosting it with me, who's on the Falcons. We were talking, you know, different tax brackets and how yeah. guys typically, you know, you get drafted to the Cowboys. It's kind of a good thing. You're keeping more Incred- of your paycheck. Incredible. Great, great paycheck. All of Jacksonville, Miami. But you're going to the Rams, San yeah. Francisco, things of that nature. All of a sudden, you're not keeping that whole bag. And I think a lot of guys' views on how they see the world change when they expect that $50,000 to hit, and you get... Fifty thousand yeah. dollars versus nope. Now you're getting taxed on in, in, in I don't even know how many ways anymore yeah. these days. And then by the way, at tax day comes around, you got a fat check to pay to the man, and it we're so uneducated on my, it. My dad used to always say everyone's a pretty big, huge Democrat till they get their first paycheck. Because <laughs> you look at it, and it could just be five hundred dollars the first time. You, and you're like, okay, I got five hundred dollars. No, no, you don't. <laughs> and I, once you get to those levels. Even yep. if it's like you're a practice squad guy sure. and you're making $8,000 a week or whatever the number is. Which is great money still. Yeah. 100, rest of society, it's, it's fantastic. But you do you start in your mind the first time and then you see it. You're like, yeah. what? Yep. And that's why I'm fascinated like in the NIL thing, some of the a car dealership, I'll just give you 500000 They just cut you $500,000. You have to pay that. Yeah. You know, they're not put, they're not, you're not their W-2 employee. They're no. just paying you for a sponsorship. Right. Maybe those guys, I hope, I'm, I'm not rooting for them if you can get away with it, but it's like, that's something's going to happen. Well, I we again, like I said, with the Bobby Evans thing, we talk about how you don't really learn that. I don't know how your education system was growing up, but I never took a class that taught you how to pay taxes. Like, no. the, like the, I didn't even, in my Fresno State education, which is the Harvard of the Central Valley, don't get me yeah, wrong. I've heard that, yeah. But I didn't really even have like a, hey, Here's this sheet right here. This is what you got to do. This is when you're going to get taxed. This is how much, depending on. Yeah. You don't really ever get like a clear fucking answer on that shit. Well, what's why until everyone, you get zapped. That's why like, everyone oh. in business always says like we need to start teaching more financial literacy. The problem, and I would, I think this is true for me, and it sounds like you too. Until you go through it, like it'd be kind of boring. I remember having some finance yeah. classes, like because of shit. I, yeah, I don't yeah. care. And then you realize like. Now I got Excel spreadsheets, like yep. you know, rental property. You're like, what? <laughs> I thought I was actually making this, and after expenses, I'm 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 in the red. Yep. But you, until it like hits you, it's hard. Like it's why the classroom didn't do that much for no, me. I'm not an in the theory guy, like on a whiteboard. Yeah, I, you I, get me? I need I, to be I, in the shits. Yeah. I need to learn. One hundred percent. I'm the so, same fucking way. Cal Poly, we learn by doing, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, fuck Cal Poly. <laughs> All right, so let's finish with this. You got this go low podcast golf. Yeah. How has that been zapped in? You just like to fucking golf and you'd like to chop it up about it. Are you are you trying to get into that industry? There's not a lot of there's not a lot of shows I feel like discussing, you know. I, I think especially I, I watched the full swing Netflix documentary. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you think? I liked I liked it from the fact that you got to kind of see a little bit more character behind these guys. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm new to golf, man. I finished yeah. playing. I got, a, I got a pair of knockoff clubs from fucking Dick Sporting Goods the day after Christmas, two years ago. I'm trying, I'm hitting them straight. I'm yeah. drinking beers on the course. 
I'm learning. I'm ups- I-, I love it now. Yeah. But watching it on TV five years ago, I'm like, this shit's boring as hell. Now I'm watching a guy flop a 60, hitting it three feet from the pin. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. That's an incredible shot. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing I had when I talked to Danny Woodhead, he compared warming he's, up. He's for, good. Warming up for the Super Bowl versus approaching the tee box the first time on his actual first professional. Yeah. First Trying to qualify the US Open. Right, right, right. Yeah. He was, it was fucking nerve-wracking, man. Yeah. Or he also compared, I scored a Super Bowl. You don't have any help. You know, it's just you and the club. Pe- he's like, there's fucking people, man. Yeah. And then he compared, there is, uh, you know, scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl, that exhilaration of just like, hell yeah, brother, yeah. to, again, hitting one from 120 out, two feet from the pin. He's like, that look at that shit, baby. I, I look always, at that shit, baby. I, I, I always say, like, my relationship with golf is a lot different than football. I wasn't any good. I mean, I played in high school, but I, I mean, I was... A tiny little guard, couldn't bad athlete. Loved it though, because yeah. all like in when I was in high school in like oh two oh three, golf wasn't that cool. Like Tiger was really getting big, but like golf is so much different now. Like everyone in pro sports, basketball, football, they, they like playing it. Right, everybody does, and it's just it's just I played golf growing up, and it's like one you know the only sport I could play that I was pretty good. Right, and then when we started doing this. The golf consumer, football's huge. My football podcast is does really well. We got right. a lot of people listening. It's the biggest sport in America. You know, it's it's it's, it's not be, golf is much more niche, but the household income of people that play is dramatically higher than all the other sports. I can see that. So it's why the businesses, when you turn on a golf, what do you see? Mercedes, Rolex, yep. it's a different thing. It's a little like F1 racing. So it's like you can develop a business around there. It's just been a kind of – I don't know exactly what I want to do beside the podcast. I watch all these tournaments. I gamble on golf. I right. play a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. So it's a natural like – It's not even work I for enjoy, you. I enjoy yeah. it. it. It's honestly more of a passion project right. that I know can go somewhere where the football thing – and it just comes in. And a lot of my listeners, a lot of people started playing golf over the last couple of years. Yeah. And it's they growing. developed it. And a lot of former athletes or just guys that like – I played high school football. I played high school baseball. I never played golf. I couldn't really, I started playing in 2020 and I kind of like it. And now I, and like you say, once you start playing, why do we all watch football? Because so many of us played, even if you didn't play in high school, you've played football at some point in time. So, you know, or baseball or whatever. It's why basketball, everyone's played basketball. It's why people watch those sports. Well, the more and more people play golf, you go, Jesus, how the guy just hit that three wood 270 yards. (laughs) You can relate to that (laughs) shit. You know the feeling he has in his gut. You're like, how that bunker shot, I, I can't get it. That's incredible. Right. And it's like everyone can do it. And yeah. it's the it's the other thing is like you played college football. Once right. college and you're never gonna play football again. No, it's done. You, you can play golf probably until like you're 70. Yeah. 75, 80. That's awesome. You know, and that's tennis, like probably not. You can't play to like if your knee no. starts going, right? You can't pick up bat. You couldn't pay me to play pickup basketball. I can't afford to tear my Achilles. I don't want to be on crutches. I'm past that shit. Yeah, but it's like you can play golf. And you get out in the sun, it gives you something to do. Yep. It's my really, besides like working out, it's like the only hobby I have. I'm not a big, like my brother's a hunter. Never really been that, you know, it's cold. You got to get up early. I will get up early <laughs> for golf though. I'll get up early yeah, for golf. 6, 10 tea time. You're yeah, fucking in there. I'll fucking be there, right <laughs> And you have a beer by like 6, lights by then? Yeah, hell yeah. All right, last thing. I got to ask, because this is what you do. What's your hottest take leading into this next upcoming NFL season? <laughs> uh... Uh, that Trey Lance will not be on the 49ers come week one. Really? Yeah, I think uh, Sam Darnold takes the back because Purdy's hurt right now. So okay. technically, he's not going to practice at least for the next you know couple months, probably the beginning of training camp. I think Darnold beats out Trey Lance, and if Purdy 
even if he's like they have to ease him back and maybe he can be the backup, they don't want to start him right away. That Sam Darnold is a starting quarterback. Now, if Purdy's healthy, he'll be the starting quarterback. But like Sam will beat out Trey, and then because of what they drafted, they won't just keep Trey on the team. They'll just give him away for like a seventh round pick. Some team that like, hey, we'll give this guy a trial run for a year. We're gonna suck anyway, type deal. But that's so within a couple years of them trading all those picks for him, two years later he's off the team. And again, like people, like I don't know. Yeah, I just yeah, I just I don't know. I don't think he's any good. He's got bring the juice hats, so I like Trey Lance. People like him, and that's the thing. Like that's it's it, this is the hard part about my job. It's not personal. Yeah, it's not. And it like he sometimes if a guy's a bad guy, I don't really care. But like this is not sometimes no, 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 it's not you personal. get to the level it's like in golf. Like no. you can either break par, or you can't. Like right, right. in football, like you can either get this done or you're not. Like right. a, a ton of like great guys, your friends, like get cut and they're out of the league. Yeah. Just, now he's better than that, but like. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. And I just don't think he's beating out Sam Darnold. You know? <sighs> Heard it here first, baby. Hot yeah. take. I just think he's not beating out Sam Darnold. And the one thing is, I think he's got an uphill battle of, like, the guys on the team that, for whatever reason, they're like, Christian knows Sam. They're already hanging out at the Warriors game with George. I know. Like, that I know. Type, you know the way that shit. That's not random. Like, that's not... They're not just, like... They kind of stick... It, Obviously, you like guys who you like, whether they can play or not if they're on your team. Right. But I think that's a little different. Like, I, yeah. I think Christian's telling people, and these aren't just random players. Like, these are the best players in the league rolling with them. Yeah. I, and it's just, I saw it last year with Jimmy. The 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 training camp was going, and the rumors got out. Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to win games. I what knew happened? that they shit was going to happen, Jimmy. Too. Why? Because the guys on the team thought, like, we're good enough to win the whole thing. We need a capable quarterback. We don't yeah. need Brady, or we would ideally like a guy like that, but... You know, we just need a guy. It's why once Brock Purdy came in, they fucking loved him. Yeah, did his job. Did his a little better. Job. Brock Purdy can play a little bit. Brock Purdy's a dog, baller, fucking dog. I told J- I told Jake Hanner, man, the success of Purdy. Yeah. If it's not for Brock, I don't. In sets and two, like I don't know if either one of those guys go in the fourth round. Really, smaller guy. Like historically, those type guys go Purdy sixth, seventh round. Right. But like you saw last year, like okay, this guy can just come in and play. They're looking that, for the next. That is Brady. worth like a fourth round pick. Right. Hell, if if one if if Jake Hayner or Stetson Bennett becomes like what Brock Purdy is, that guy's worth a second round pick. Yeah. You know, because the quarterback position is so valuable. If you got a sweet backup quarterback, it's nice. Didn't you play on a team where the quarterback got hurt and the team was in shambles? You play on one of those teams. Uh, we had a couple of those teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it happened this year with Fresno State. He got hurt in a couple games, like. They lost yeah. to UConn. It was the biggest spread loss of the season, right? Yeah. Was yeah. it weren't they like a 45 point underdog like or something? 31 or something like that. Would they have lost that game with Jake? No, probably not. No chance. It's tough. Even though it's probably would have been a weird game, long flight, whatever. Long but. flight, weird elements. I know there were some things internally that definitely like influenced it, but I know what you mean. And also sometimes the quarterback too, when you have a team where is that guy the quarterback every, this year on Fresno State? Still in a shootout between him and a transfer. Are they gonna like, be good? Yeah. You think so? My brothers are on the team. They're going to be fucking great. Jonathan. They feel good about the squad? They'll be good. A lot of transfers? You know what? They got a lot of young guys who got their bearings last year. Their schedule's manageable. I think I think they'll they'll fuck around and be back in the Mountain West Championship this year. Who calls the plays? <sighs> Pat McCann. They lost Kellen Moore's brother, huh? Kirby. Went to Missouri. Stud. My guy. The, the Moore family. I, I remember watching them at, when I was at Fresno State, Kellen was a quarterback and it was like, Listen, I, I'm not. I'm not acting like this guy's Peyton Manning. He's small or whatever, but he was so good. He was the best college player I've ever seen. He was un, He was unstoppable, just slinging that left hander. Yeah. And their yeah. offensive coordinator. I mean, Chris was just. 
talk about being in his bag. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they were just they, all their coaches were like Brian Harson. They had all those Boise guys that went around. That, those were all the assistants with Pete leading it, and they had Kellen be as a quarterback, and all these random dudes that ended up playing the NFL, and they just kicked everyone's ass. I know. I fucking hate Boise, but goddamn, they that, were that's, good. That was their best team, the one that Kaepernick beat in Nevada in like 2011. And Kaepernick in college was fucking incredible too. The Mountain West is hard, you know? Hey, man. Still is. Okay, Mountain West versus Pac-12. Uh, I think as a whole, top to bottom, and definitely at the top, you know, like Utah, Oregon, if you just play them every single week, they're better. If you better. play them every week. The one-off situation, the one thing that's different is like Fresno or Boise, if they get a shot at Oregon or UCLA or U- UCLA, actually it's better now the last couple of years. have been pre- They were better this year than they were last year. Okay. But like you, it's like a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. But like every single week when you're in a bigger conference, it's like we're playing Utah, we're playing Oregon, we're playing Oregon State. It's just like, but like when you play last year, Oregon State, that game, which right. was incredible. And Oregon State was good. Yeah. It's a really big deal for the Fresno State players because a lot of those guys. They were looked over by. You didn't even give me a yeah. look. Right. But like when you do that, could they, are they just as good as like Washington State or some of these? Of course. Right. But like. Some you of the know, bit, when Utah's week in, week on, out, yeah, it's or, tough. Or now what USC's building with Lincoln and getting these transfers and even Oregon. Like, if you played Oregon, that, that game that was close two years ago. Right. You know, if you play, if Fresno plays them 10 times, they're more likely to, like, probably go 2-8 and eight than 6-4 and four or 5-5, five and five, I, I would say. Just because the, the top to the top to bottom talent on that team just is just much larger. Like, they just have better players. As backups. So where do you think, again, I'm pretty Fresno State heavy on this, on this pod following-wise. Where do you think Fresno State ends up? You think they stay in the Mountain West, go Big 12, go Pac-12? Well, I think it depends. What Does the Pac-12 disappear? Because to me, if Oregon and Washington were ever to join the Big 10. Oregon and Washington to the Big 10. You don't think Utah would go? Utah would uh, go Big 12? Yeah, then I think you would kind of get some... Weird then you could shit. potentially get like a Fresno Boise with like Utah, maybe Arizona State and create the Big 12, some connection, right? Yeah. Because if Oregon and Washington leave, the Pac-12 is done. It's just, they're they're hanging by a thread now. Like losing UCLA and USC is a big deal. I hate that. I know, it sucks. I hate it. It sucks, but it is what it is. No yeah. different, the, I love the Big 12, but you lose Oklahoma and Texas, like, and that's a bigger <sighs> blow for the Big 12, right? Because You like, think that's a bigger blow for the Big 12? Well, in the sense that like, Oklahoma and Texas just carry the conference football wise. Yeah. Just even though Texas has kind of been shitty, their brand, it's just such an important television product. Yeah, I know. And I'm not talking necessarily wins and losses. This it's is about this is about red tel- rivalry. This is about like, television dollars. Yeah. You know, like Oregon, like they're a big TV product. So right. if you lose them, it just what what do you do? Like you can't just have like Utah play Oregon State every week. You might you could just maybe create the Mountain West into one thing. I I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's all about the money, baby. It's, it's, all about about the money. it's not because like, you know. It's not even wins, losses. It has nothing none to do with that. Anymore. Which is has been terrible at football. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it does. USC has had an awful decade. Now it changed. Once they got Lincoln, it changed. Yeah, you it's, it'll it. probably continue to. Yeah, they're going to be. I, I mean, I just saw they got a dude from a Georgia transfer defensive lineman. Uh, I think a corner from Alabama. I've always said like Lincoln's offense is never going to be an issue. It's going to be like. The reason Pete won national championships at USC, defense. Recruit the best, recruit like the SEC defense. You can't win a that. shootout every game. No. Well, you look yeah. at the look at the college football playoffs. Yeah. You know, you just you gotta play defense. I love it. Anything you want to say before I wrap it up? Thanks for having me on, bro. 
Dude, this was fun. Guys, John Middlecoff, appreciate you. Check out his podcast. We're going to tag you to a bunch of shit. Thanks, man. Um, get your piss hot. Be sure to subscribe. Leave five stars. Buy some merch. Have yourself a beer and uh, bring the juice, baby. <laughs>